You're listening to the Being Stellar Podcast, the podcast for modern leaders and entrepreneurs who are tired of hustle culture and ready to invite more ease and more prosperity into their lives. I'm your host, Deborah Stellingworth, master teacher and coach, and I am obsessed with helping you avoid burnout while you create a sustainable lifestyle full of possibility and profit on your terms. On the show, you'll hear inspiring stories of possibility, and you'll get empowering strategies and insights from me to support you in creating your stellar life. Well, hello there, stellar friends, and welcome back to the Being Stellar show. I'm excited to have you here today because I am live on location. Well, not live when you're listening to it, but I'm live on location as I'm recording this. Um, it's the first time I've ever done anything like this where I've gone on location to meet with one of my guests. And I'm super excited about introducing you to this guest, to someone who recently married into my family. So there's some nepotism here for sure. (laughs) And I wanted to have him on the show and introduce him to you because he's being stellar in the world. He is a trailblazer in his industry and he has started with a dream and followed that path. And one of the things I really admire about him is that he is a creative who's figured out how to make a business out of his art and his creativity, which is a big challenge for a lot of people who are creatives. So without further ado, let me introduce to you Ryan Amore. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much. (laughs) I'm I'm super excited. It's going to be so much fun. But yes, my name is Ryan Amore. Um, I own Ryan and Mori Inc. It's a technical development firm. And what is that? And I always get asked that question. Um, so pretty much I specialize in the creation of technical apparel. So dresses, blazers, jackets, sportswears, whatever you think you can imagine that you buy in store. I create for companies, usually corporate companies, but we do have some design companies that are based in Europe and in France. But from that, we take and develop a lot of those clothing that you see in store. Um, aside from that, we do a lot of teaching, mentorships, and internships uh, for students that want to learn and express themselves more than they don't learn in school. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Which is so great. I mean, as you can hear, there's a lot of moving pieces to what is Ryan is doing. And I want to start with exploring how you began in this because you know one of the things that I do in my coaching practice is help people to get into their zone of genius Mm -hmm. and spend more time there and I have met so many people who have a degree in fashion (laughs) who are not working in fashion and it's pretty significant that you have followed that path and made a success of it and Mm. so I'd love for you to tell the story for not just for those who are listening who are interested in fashion, but those who are interested in anything and the the journey you took to yeah. make that dream your reality. So let's just start with how did you know fashion was a thing for you? I didn't. Mm. <laughs> when I first started, I've always been creative and that's such like a standard thing that you hear in the industry who's fashion. They're like, oh, I've been creative since I was 10. I was drawing since I was two, blah, blah, blah. That wasn't me. I just loved my doing stuff with my hands. I really enjoyed the creation of things. I really enjoyed developing. I was a huge Lego fan growing up. So I like the visual aspect of stuff. And that's, I think, what's kickstarted it for me. But how I got in the fashion was a very interesting story. I started off wanting to be an anthropologist. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anthropology to fashion. I think I see a connection. Because there is this this cultural yeah. influence that, that anthropology is a study of mm. the the of culture and that influence, right? Exactly. So and fashion definitely is a influence and a representation of what's happening in culture. Yeah. It's to me it was like the study of people mm. and the study of the person is what really interested me in anthropology. From there, I applied to U of T when I was in school to anthropology. Um, But growing up, I've always loved illustration and I loved um, home ec, which was like those courses you take in high school. Mm. And I saw an opportunity one year where I went to a show of somebody that I knew who was on Project Runway. And I just knew because he came into our class and talked to us. And I was really inspired by the fact of how creative he can be and how he has this outlet of doing what he wants and not 
not having any boundaries and that really I guess clawed on to me of being mm. like oh that sounds really interesting and kind of sunk my teeth into that so as anybody probably would do you know I applied to multiple universities because <laughs> you never know what you'll mm -hmm. get into and I applied to U of T for anthropology um, and then I applied to Ryerson, which I believe now is Toronto Metropolitan University with their name change to fashion design and fashion communications because I wasn't quite sure which I wanted to get into. I got into all three. Ah. <laughs> then I had to make, so you had to make a decision. <laughs> yeah. And then from there, it was just... Can you tell us how yeah. you made that decision? Because oh, one yes. of the things that, of course, as a coach, that's what I help people with. Yeah. And why I love to have conversations like this on the show is because people are always wondering how to make the decision mm. and they're afraid to cut things off. They're mm -hmm. afraid of the uncertainty mm. and it's similar for all of us. And it's also a little bit nuanced too. So for okay. you, yeah. what was that deciding factor? How did oh, you know? Goodness me. Honestly, it, it, it was a struggle, not in a struggle of sense of like, Oh, I have to pick, I don't know which one I want. It was a struggle for me to internalize or externalize what I really wanted versus what people think you should go into for X amount of reasons. Like, oh, I could go into anthropology because I can get a doctorate, I can do this, I can get that. you know. But then I, at the same time, I was like, I can go into fashion and get a master's and get a doctorate at the same time. So it's like, there isn't, there wasn't a clear one or the other. And my defining factor was taking a leap of faith mm -hmm. in something that I was like, I'm just going to see where this could take me. Cause I know I could do this one, which was anthropology. I'm like, mm -hmm. I know I could go in, get an A, do this, blah, blah, blah. But this one, not so much. And it seemed more challenging to me. And you know, fashion school isn't just sitting and drawing. It there's so much involved into it. So I was like, well, I'm going to take a chance on myself and that's kind of what led me into fashion design. I chose the design, not the communication. And for those who might be like, what's the difference? Design is centered around the creation of the clothing, the pattern making, the grading, all the nuances of the creation of the garment. The communications is the selling of those garments, the marketing of the garments, the magazines and the photo shoots. Mm -hmm. I was very interested in the technical stuff mm -hmm. um, and that's, uh, that that was my decision and my parents were very supportive of the decision which is wonderful because yeah. so often um our parents in their love for us mm -hmm. want us to take the safe route and that's what anthropology would have been yeah and <laughs> it's what's interesting and i want to highlight for the listeners is that you knew that was a safe route mm -hmm. and you could do it yeah. and you decided to take a chance on yourself. Yeah. And I think that's so, so key to check in with what you want, yeah. what's going to challenge you, what's going to give you the most opportunity for growth. It's not going to feel necessarily the safest. It's mm -hmm. not going to feel um, the securest, but we are always looking for security and security doesn't give us freedom. Like yeah. One of the things you said at first, like that yeah. the other person who was at the Project Runway came mm -hmm. in and you're like, ooh, and I heard you there. That's like your entrepreneurial <laughs> spirit woke up in that moment and said, I think so. oh, freedom, freedom, freedom's nice. Cause anthropology. Could make money off this. Maybe. Yeah. yeah there's, like, this could be a skill. Yeah. There's, there's freedom in a lot of ways. The, the no limits on your money. Cause anthropology, you get a degree in anthropology, you're probably a professor. Probably. And you, yeah. you can go into like a tenure track and there's like a mm -hmm. lot of research you can do, but I will say like backtracking a bit at the time, it felt like a mistake. Ah, yeah. So like going into it, I was like, Ooh, oh my gosh, should I just like spend all this tuition money this year that I'm going into just on a hope that I want to be artsy and blah, 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 because this, the success rate in things sometimes aren't as high as we would wish. Yeah. But again, I was like, no, I know I'm determined and I'm, I'm a very stubborn mm -hmm. person. So, so I was like, I'm going to do it and just see where it goes. I don't believe there's a single person who hasn't at some point thought yeah. they made a mistake yeah. when they went down a path Probably. that nobody they know has ever been on before. Yeah. Because our survival brain is going, what the heck are you doing? Well, it's also like 
your my brain at least was like take the easy way out take the easy way out mm. and it's like not that it was like it's such anthropology is like extremely difficult to yeah. get into but in my mind that was the easier more self-reliant way of sure. being like success is guaranteed here because somebody else has done it you can you can it. follow the path that someone else has already exactly. blazed and There's that's what research, i love about what you're doing with your company and what you've mm. done with your your whole career it's like yeah. you've gone places where nobody else is going you're creating <laughs> things that um you know nobody <laughs> else is doing tell us more about that yeah so i don't know i've and this isn't to like toot my own horn. Oh, let's toot your horn. No, it's just like <laughs> I've been told many times that what I do is I'm like a unicorn in the industry. Mm. Um, and I've been told that a few times. And what I think that means is just what I offer to clients yeah. and what I offer as a business whole is something that people in the industry or like thereof don't do to the extent that I do it. Mm -hmm. um, I very focus my business through corporate partnerships. So I work extremely hard to try to get those contracts when, you know, companies are overworked, when companies need help, mm -hmm. when they're unsure of how to go into a new market and they need somebody to do those that testing and to do all the pattern making or the grading for a whole new size run that they have never gone into, like a full size or, you know, extended size ranges. Um, and then the, the technology that I offer within my studio, it's kind of, we have, I built it up where I have everything that I could possibly ever want mm. <laughs> is in my studio. Um, and I think that's what really has set me apart and why people have called me the unicorn because I don't just do one thing. Yeah. I'm not just here sketching and sewing, you know, I outsource sewing and development but i do all the pattern making i do all the grading i do all the production i do the sketching i do the mm. tech packs i do the grading for the tech packs vendor reliance vendor maintenance going to vendors so we travel to asia or we travel to europe and we like inspect factories um so and usually in the fashion industry all that is separated into like very niche markets of mm -hmm. jobs right versus i as a company do all of it and that's what I think separates me from a lot of individuals mm -hmm. who who might do what I do. Yeah. So <laughs> one of the things that like that was a lot of technical speak. Yes. And <laughs> and the the key thing I want to pull out of that is that what you've done is found a need, found mm. a niche, mm -hmm. and made yourself a unicorn. And we can all be unicorns, all people. It's just checking like what is your unique gift, and it happens to be for Ryan that yeah. you can do. A few different things together. Some people, that's it. That's not their case. They're, it's like one thing. I'm like that on my coaching business too, yeah. because I focus on yeah. balance and burnout, getting you in your zone of genius, yep. helping with money mindset, For sure. creating magic in your life. And so I actually have that multi-focus, multi-passion, yeah. and I found a way to bring that all in. So yeah. there's this beautiful whole life holistic approach yeah. to my coaching clients. And you've done a version of that yeah. in the fashion industry because... You have, when you're a person that is multi-passionate and multi-talented and has the ability to sit down there and I wish we had them, uh, the pattern make, well, you can see the patterns behind us on the board. Like Ryan has made these and actually currently is um, working on his second pattern making book yeah. to help people um, bring back this lost art of pattern making. But if you were to do just that, the person you are, Ryan, would not be satisfied. No. So it's all. okay, ladies and gentlemen listening, that you find those, not just the thing, but sometimes it's the things mm -hmm. that you're good at. Now, obviously you didn't start doing all of those things at Ew. once. <laughs> you know, you started and then you're like, oh, I, I kind of want to add this in. And you've brought it in so you've got yeah. this beautiful business that inspires you, which yeah. is why I wanted you on the show, because it, you're doing work that inspires you. And yes, that is what I live for, is making sure people are doing work that inspires them so that they're inspiring other people and to do the same. and. Like together, if we're all just doing inspiring work, we're going to change the world because people are going to be happier. Very much so. Right? And I don't, one thing I've learned about myself, and this took a while, so maybe learn from me. That's what we're here for. Thank you. But um, I was stubborn in a sense of I thought I had to stay in one field. 
And I've been told my whole life that you have to do this or you have to do that. Um, growing up when I was in high school, um, I just wasn't engaged enough in my classes because I was very bored. You know, growing up, you know, it, I was I had ADHD and it was something that just like I was like, oh, this is boring to me, blah, blah, blah. And I had counselors tell me, you ain't, you're not going anywhere. This is it. This is it for you. Mm. You don't have the skills or the talent. And that was kind of my driving factor of being like, well, who are you to tell me that I don't have talent? You don't know what I can do. You don't know mm. my my inner genius and what mm-hmm. what I can bring to the world. Um, and that's what really kickstarted once I left university, working in the industry for a bit for a good amount of time. But that's what kind of kickstarted this was not to. I don't know, not to show somebody that, see, I can do it, but more, more so to myself to yeah. see, say, I did it. Yes. Right? And the important lesson here is not to let anybody else decide no. what you're capable of doing. Not at all. And we've all received those messages, and, and, and over time you've got to, you have to excavate them and, yes. and pull them up and say, this is not my story, this is somebody else's, and I choose not to adopt that. Yeah, very much so. And I'm a type of person where when I have those thoughts and I had, let's say I had a really bad meeting with a client and it went horrible and it just didn't go well. I just like, I'm like, I'm pulling that thought out and I'm just tossing it away because Mm -hmm. it like has no purpose in what I do. Mm -hmm. I find it's hard sometimes to stay within, you know, not, should I say actually, not to stay within a certain field because people always expect you to be like you're a fashion designer so you just you sh- you should only just be sketching and doing this mm-hmm. right but i'm like no no i can do it all and then people all of a sudden say yeah okay right and they have to see it to believe it mm-hmm. you know a lot of individuals have that very short-minded set where they're just like no that 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 can't that can't happen you know yeah. For, for those of you who are watching, listening to this on wherever you listen to podcasts and you're not watching it on YouTube, I just want to pause for a second and I want to, to visualize what Ryan just did when he said he pulls the thought of his brain. He literally pinched his forehead and yeah. just gently and pulled the thought out yeah. and has this physical action of doing that. And that's such a powerful anchor yeah. to remind yourself to pull that thought out. It's not... It's not yours. Mm-mm. You're not going to take it on board. Mm-mm. And that's a practice mm-hmm. of thinking that way. Thought That's the thought work yeah. of yeah. recognizing and filtering through what are your thoughts and what are other people's thoughts. And did you have some help getting there? Like, how, how did you get there to um, this place? Because, I mean, we haven't known each other that long. No. And I'm, I'm you know, family dinners and, yeah, and your like, wedding last summer. And we're exactly. learning to each other better now. But there's so much I don't know about you. And I'm, that's why I'm so excited to have this conversation yeah, today. It's It's been an interesting road. And I think for me, it came from my experience of just working in the industry in that corporate lifestyle. I think we can all understand that corporate has a lot of wrongs Mm. (laughs) you know and how it's set up the emotional toll the stress that comes with it you know that i have to do this or i'm fired type mentality or if you're not working at 130 percent, you should be like it's just Mm. like all that jargon and i've been in situations within jobs you know i was senior managers in some companies i was senior pattern makers and i was working in it for a few years here and there within these companies and i've learned a lot of how to deal with that stress and for me that stress was through going through all that and that's why i said earlier like maybe learn from my not my mistakes but maybe from like my journey and experience is I needed to figure out a way to self-love myself when I hear so much negativity, knowing that that negativity isn't me being bad at my job. It's just people have a tendency to externalize their own discomforts and negativity onto others when they're under stress. And that's Mm -hmm. why I did not like corporate. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's kind of what that mentality came from was just, it was just 
self-appreciation and learning to just like, you know, take that energy and that chakra and like what I'm going through and like, just like take it away. Cause it's like, if you're going to constantly think about it and you're going to constantly revolve around it, like what's that going to do for you? Yes. So good. And you know, people come to me for all kinds of reasons in my coaching. They come to me yeah. to get balance. They come to me to get their money mindset handled. They come totally. to grow their business and scale it. And at the heart of it all yeah. is that self-love practice. It has to be, you know, and don't get me wrong. There's times where it's hard. Like oh, yeah. it's, it's like, I'm in the mud, I'm in the trenches and I'm like, how the heck am I going to get out? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just figuring a way to take one step at a time and that's what got me to where I am where it's just been one step at a time figuring out what else I could do what else I know I'm really good at Mm -hmm. or you know leaning on skills that I knew I've had and I just haven't explored yet you know and that's kind of what Ryan Amore Inc is about is Mm -hmm. I offer all that to my clients and my clients love it so what a great lesson there is What's the next step? Because I had a conversation with somebody this week, actually, who um, I asked, like, what do you want? He goes, I want to know how to get from A to B. He wanted to know the full story. I'm like, seriously? In your past career, did you know the whole story that was going to read here? And and we want it (laughs) because our brains are grasping for certainty. Yeah. Right? I mean, because your brain's job is to keep you alive. Yeah. And so it's going to grasp for certainty right because you're going to feel safe. Just exactly. Like it's not always going to try to fig- figure out like, ah, this isn't working out. How do yeah. I get this to work? <laughs> so that key is the next step. Focus on what is the next step. Yes. And sometimes the question is, what is the first step? Yeah. And or it's like, what's not even the first step? It's like, what's the want in that first step for me? Mm-hmm. It was like when I started my business, I didn't know I wanted to start a business. All I knew before this all happened is I'm quitting this job. I hate it. Learned a ton, but now I want to just take a break and work for myself. And then I was just doing consulting, very basic consulting. And then that grew and grew and grew. And then I was like, Oh, I could actually make this into an incorporation, like an actual business and like Mm. have people and have staff and yada, yada, yada. So like, that's kind of how I started. And it just didn't go from one, I want this. It started more, I don't want this, yeah. which led me to want this in the future. Right. So let's sum that up because there's the, different people have different journeys, right? Yeah. Um, but the key is like, it started with, I don't want this. Yes. And we're, it's so much easier actually to say what we don't want yes. than to say what we do want. Because claiming what we do want can be very frightening because what if you don't get to have it? Very true. And even the don't want is frightening because then it goes against the that like norm that people mm-hmm. put in place of is should, should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? Everybody else is happy. doing this. You should be happy. You should have, you know, have a house by 28, 29, 30. You should have kids. You should have that. And it's just like the should have is not necessarily mm. the like I want. And that's kind of yeah. how I've been living my life with my husband. And we've been kind of going through it together in the past few years of figuring out like how I could scale my business, what other things I can offer, which is those pattern books we're developing. Uh, we're developing online courses like where people can log on and learn how to be what I do. And we'll teach them how to do it step by step through video mm-hmm. conferences, like very like this. So it's like, who, who knows what else? But it all starts with just the idea. Mm-hmm. And that idea is. And the, the willingness to explore where the idea might take you. Yes. That's one of the things so. that I really appreciate about you so much is that in everything you've done, it's always started with a, what happens if I go here? Mm, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. And it, even I'm like, I go here and I'm like, oh, I don't really want to go there. But then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep going. Because there's always a part where you get into something where you hate stuff. And that's like the, hmm. the pinnacle of a good designer in my eyes is when I start just designing like a dress. I'm like, oh, love it in the beginning. Fantastic. I should hate it by the end of it because my mind is already on something else. So it's like hmm. very much similar to those ideas of when I come up with those ideas, I go through it and then I'm like, oh, this is hard. This is going to be challenging. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just like keep pushing forward and just like see where this takes me because you've already put in so much effort. Mm -hmm. Why give up on the effort? 
at the end of the day, it's just another asset that you've developed. Right. And that's kind of what, that's why I'm so multifaceted because I never said no. Mm -hmm. I just kept going. (laughs) And what's, I think, so important for somebody who's considering starting their own business Mm. is that that insight you just shared that sometimes you're going to get down the path and you go, I don't know if I want this anymore. Yeah. And keep going because if you make all your decisions based on how you're feeling, you will quit everything before you're finished. Yes. And I I actually have had clients who close their businesses very much because of that mindset. Yeah. You know, they're just like, ah, not making money. I'm closing. And I'm like, okay, well, you're not making money. Restructure. Rethink how you're doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Offer different platforms. Offer different services. And get, it's just, hire a coach. Get some help. Coach, like yourself. <laughs> yeah. Get somebody who's like you who can help and like bring that innerness out of them and like give mm-hmm. them more inspiration. But it's so frequent now that people just like to give up yeah. when it gets hard. And it's just yeah. like, well, this took a lot of sweat and tears, crying and hardness. <laughs> yeah. It's very difficult, but it was a journey that. It's here, as you can see. Like, it's really it's easy to think that every it was easy for everyone else and it's only hard for us. Yes. And I'm writing a book right now, as you know, yeah. and there are times I'm like, ugh. I know. This is hard. And once I, I mean, and I, my mind resists sitting down to write it. And every single time when I sit down to write it, I'm yeah. like, ugh. I'm connecting with my reader who I'm thinking about yeah. and loving on them as I write it. And it yeah. feels good. But the sitting down to do it, because it's going to be hard. It's going to be uncomfortable and challenging, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And my yoga instructor says the hardest part is getting on the mat. Oh, yeah. Right. It's like putting yourself because the hardest part is walking through the door and saying, okay, I've, I'm, I, I made it here. Because yeah. you have 10, 20 different steps to get there. And then once you're there, you're like, okay, it's not as bad as I thought, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of like with my books that I'm writing, you know, I'm doing it more in the sense of how I work. I'm not looking about how other people do things. And people are always going to have a negative aspect to what you do. They're always going to have something to say. It's always going to be mm-hmm. like, this is not good. And I'm writing this for myself and how I, how I teach. And that's the only perspective I'm, I'm looking at it is when I was in school, when I was in corporates, when I work with clients what did I wish I knew and Mm -hmm. how did I wish that information was given to me? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like how I'm revolving these books and my business around that. Another just golden nugget there is like, what do you wish you had known that you know now that you could share with somebody else? I mean, that's why I became a coach. And, and because there's things when I started my first business, I'm like, I just didn't know what the heck I was doing and didn't have, I had some good coaching, but I didn't have necessarily the coaching I needed. And that's, that's on me as well. Mm -hmm. But, um, then I, I learned a lot. I was like, I can make life easier for other people. Yeah. And I see you doing that as well with all of the things you're doing. It's like, that's what really, you know, people can get go into fashion. I just want to be a fashion designer and oh, yeah. I want to draw things and make beautiful things. I mean, I went, through, I went through the fashion designer <laughs> phase. I had those little, um, what were they called? Fashion plates and yeah, you put them you together can, and like sketch, sketch on, on them. On and, them. And, and it was like, I loved that. And I loved yeah. drawing pictures and going to my grandmother who was a wonderful seamstress. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. she would make little Barbie clothes for me because I was Cute. good at designing it. But the whole pattern thing, that was too mathy for me. I wasn't actually interested. Yeah. Um, and as a matter of fact, that brings me to another point is you are doing something which I think is super cool. And I want the audience to know this is that Ryan has found something that you didn't invent it. You just found it again, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah, there is a that. lost art yeah, of so. pattern making and designing. You were, we were looking at his books just before I, we came on the air and I was like, my mother and my grandmother just knew how to do this. Yeah. I had no interest in learning it because I'm like, I am impatient. If I, <laughs> I can sew, yeah. but if it's not done within two hours, yeah. I'm moving on from that project. Totally, or my yeah. mom and my grandma, they would take weeks and That's months like making a project yeah. that was so detailed and all of these things. And, and my grandmother could make patterns. Yeah. And she didn't go to school for that. It was just a thing she knew how to do. Yeah. And 
it's a lost art and you're taking that opportunity yes. to find a niche in the market was like there's a hole here because this has been neglected there is and the i've always looked at it as i love the technical aspect of it um, that's just how my mind works i love techie stuff i love like coding computer stuff but i really enjoy taking something that's it's Hard. It's like it's a specific brain when you can take something 2D and make it into a 3D thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about pattern making. But again, it's not like I'm inventing pattern making, but I'm reinventing how things are done. Because things change over time, mm-hmm. right? It's it's just the nature of things. And I feel like that's what is being lost in the fashion industry now is there's a lot of sameness that's being created but the students and those inspirational individuals who want more can't go past this bar mm-hmm. because that's all they're being taught. And I'm like, no, yeah. I don't want that. I want to like keep the bar going up and up and up. And as a consumer who loves fashion, I guess my, <laughs> my audience knows that about me. I love fashion and um, I'm frustrated that everything's the same. Yeah, absolutely. Right? It's like the same size. You keep, uh, you know, one goes up to like XL and like even in the gradings horrible. They don't take into account different mm-hmm. body shapes and sizes. You know, there's transitional clothing is what I call it when it's not just male and female or them clothing, like everything in between. It's just like there isn't a market that allows that. And what I like about what I do is I have the skills and knowledge and it's I'm always learning. I think that's one thing I want to like make clear mm-hmm. is I'm not a master even a master has to learn. Mm-hmm. That's what that's I've what makes always, them a master. That's what makes them a master is they're still learning, mm-hmm. um, and they can still be wrong. So, if you yes. if you've been told that you know I'm the one who who says this is how it should be done, don't do your own thing. Like learn how you want to learn. But mm-hmm. back to my point, it's just like, it, yeah, it's it's sometimes just mind-boggling mm-hmm. to think <laughs> i want to pick up on something you said there about don't let other people tell you that you're wrong yeah no and it goes back to early with your counselor who said that you're wrong you're not gonna you're not gonna become anything yeah. this is it for you you're you're you have add and you're just like you can't focus so therefore well actually what we're discovering is that yeah. you're not it's not that you couldn't focus you're just multi-passionate and yeah. you need to One have multiple things. things everywhere i have to have more than one thing because if i have just one thing i'm just like it stifles me yeah and so i get bored and i like to give myself a variety yeah. of things to work on but but the key that i don't want to let slip by was like don't let other people tell you you're wrong yeah. and also be willing to be wrong Yes, be right. have be a sponge, mm-hmm. but learn when to ring yourself. Learn to when to let go of mm-hmm. um, when people provide you with information or feedback. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most important lesson I've learned is in my early career, I was very abrasive to feedback. And I think that is just because of how I was brought up with the counselors and people telling Mm -hmm. me I can't do what I can't do. So I kind of built up this wall of like, well, whatever, I'm, I don't believe you. I learned my lesson to, even if you think they're wrong, take it, swallow it, pull it away Mm -hmm. because it's not your problem. And it's not about you being wrong. It's about maybe the approach you're taking or the idea not working. Exactly. But the unknown sometimes is what drives that passion, right? And someone telling you no might actually kickstart you to say, well, I'm going to do this anyways. And bam, you started a whole collection career. You're on Project Runway. You have Mm -hmm. a story of this. And it all could spark from one one little comment someone told told you during a meeting that, you know, that what's kind of happened with me. I was going to say that sounds like a true story. <laughs> it's like, it's <laughs> Tell a true us story. It's just Tell like, us the story. Yeah, it's just like, it was hard. Like in mm-hmm. high school, you go through so much, yeah. right? And you're at like such a young age. Yeah, especially given that as a homosexual male who's mm-hmm. dealing with um, a lot sexual of identity and internalizing yeah. wrongness. There's and, a lot of energies yeah. going on of not knowing who you are. Mm. And then all of a sudden you have someone telling you something that are saying, 
yeah, you aren't talented. You're not good. The best you can do is a skill trade. And I turned to him and I was like, why? Because my marks aren't great? But you Mm. don't know that. It's on a piece of paper. You met with me once. How do Mm. you know that? And I was just like not having that. And it just led led me down a path in my early career to be very like protective, which Mm. is good but i've learned over time that i need to i need to soften up Mm -hmm. and that's what you know now in my 30s is i've learned to see the perspective of both sides um, and see why somebody is coming at an approach that way and why i'm Mm -hmm. coming at this approach this way Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of how i've become so multifaceted is because I just see the opportunities of both sides. <laughs> right. And that can paralyze some people when they yeah. see there's there's opportunities in both sides. And yeah. so and it's such a empowering place to be as well to say, okay, I, I will take under consideration your perspective and filter it through my own lens and what matters to me and not a place of like you said you know when you first started your career you were very armored up very like armored, armored up, up. Yeah. armored up defensive like i'm not going to let you tell me i'm wrong yeah and you sound you know you've done the work that inner work of allowing yourself to soften and go okay well i'm willing to listen to what you have to say doesn't necessarily mean i'm going to take it on board totally it's finding that inner peace of being comfortable with it myself and i think that's what's hard mm-hmm. is sometimes it's hard to swallow the reality and yeah. the reality sometimes was, yeah, I was wrong. Mm. Yeah. And but it's from that, one. you learn. You learn through If that. you're willing to. If you are willing right. to. <laughs> one of the things that one of my mentors, uh, Gay Hendricks, says, and he's got a book called The Big Leap. Okay. Um, it's the reason I started my coaching practice. Was, yeah. And it was like, we all have to do that. We all have to take that big leap, whether yeah. it's entrepreneurship or following our passion in a, in a career yeah. Or in a relationship, you've got to take that leap if you're going to have any kind of experience that is living, I think. And one of the things he says is that the entrepreneur's journey is a spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. Very much so. It's it's like it's a connective process with yourself, with your art, with what you do. Like me, I like the at the simplest terms, I sell myself to clients yeah. i sell my knowledge i sell what my skills are to provide them with what is lacking on their end mm-hmm. right but it's that you know that inner kind of building blocks that have kind of gotten me to that point mm-hmm. and i've been told this is oversaturated don't go into that <clears throat> this is oversaturated don't go into that there's no market there don't do that and to anybody that's listening who maybe wants to start a collection or wants to get into something try it you know mm-hmm. Just because someone says no doesn't mean you everybody's a unicorn. Do it. Everybody's Everybody, got their unique way of doing something. You might have an idea that might kickstart something. Like <laughs> Nix and Spanx, like all those brands kickstarted from an idea that somebody had and it's now it's become this like global phenomenon, right? And it's that that just because that you think that's so far fetched, oh that's never gonna happen to me. Like you don't know until you try. Mm-hmm. Put the effort in. Learn from it. Well, and I would actually say it is never going to happen to you. You're going to have to make it happen. Oh, yes. Right? <laughs> so It's not just going to be handed to you on a plate. Right? It's like, you know, Sarah Blakely was yeah. like, she's like, people are t- saying to her, this is never going to work. She's like, watch me. Well, and I'm going to make it. it work. And that's exactly like my point of view was watch me. I'm going to yeah. make it work. Yeah. And I've made it work. Yeah. And it's still, you know, there's still ups and downs. Like, it's a business. It's mm-hmm. ebbs and flows. You go through phases of good. You go through phases of bad. And that's just a business in itself. Yeah. But as a skill set-minded person and as a designer in myself, I know that I can, someone can hand me a sketch and I can make that couture gown because I've worked in Paris. I can make, you know, a wooled blazer because I've done this here. I've have my experiences that have taught me to sketch and illustrate really well. And I have built upon it. It's not like it's just overnight, mm-hmm. right? It just takes time. It's yeah. like one step at a time. Yeah. You want to start with this idea. How do I get to this idea? And I always love having charts. I always think about what could happen, 
what probably will happen and what maybe not will happen. And then I usually go with what will not happen first (laughs) because I want to see, like, get the hardest out of the way. Right. Um, And then I start tying things together. But, yeah, it's crazy. And I think that remembering that you get to make it happen. You get to design your life and your business and you get to make it happen. Yes. Can we go back to something you said a few moments ago? Yeah. About selling yourself, because I think that's one of the things that that derails many people's businesses, especially those who've studied fashion, because mm-hmm. I, we've talked about this before, yeah. that There's who else in your graduating class is still in the fashion industry? Like 2%. Yeah, 2%. Like there was, I think, when we first started in year one, there was 145 of us in design. Um, by year four, there was 45. And then now, you know, on LinkedIn that I follow most of my class and I keep up with them, there's like maybe 10, mm-hmm. 15 people. And then maybe out of those 10, 15 people, maybe eight or nine are doing what I'm doing for mm-hmm. companies. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. Right. And it's like very small. So, and there may be a lot of reasons Absolutely. for each individual. Absolutely. And because we're both entrepreneurs, we know mm-hmm. it's a challenge to sell yourself. Some people are just like, I don't want to be salesy. And so. You have to be, though. Yeah. And, it's a sales practice. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, it's not like you're selling yourself in a bad way. But you have to think of yourself as a product. And that's how I look mm-hmm. at it. I'm a product that I need to get on the shelf somewhere and people need to want to take it off the shelf. Yeah. And how do I do that? Um, I built an extremely in-depth website. I have very in-depth portal systems for my clients, the way I reach out and talk to my clients. And it's once you get there, it starts disseminating as like word of mouth and mm-hmm. people then start to be like, Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Mm-hmm. and then that's kind of how, the career really starts is when you get to that level. But to get there, I had to figure out how I have to, in essence, sell my skill and not just sell my skill, but sell me because people are visual. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's a Mm -hmm. rough thing to kind of realize, but it's like, I was like, okay, I need to figure out how can I reach this one client who Mm -hmm. might have 15 other applicants and what could make me different from mm-hmm. them? And in, more, in most cases, I would sew something that I know that they're having troubles with and fix it for them and show them. Okay. So a couple <laughs> of things I want to pull out there because I, I teach sales, obviously. I'm, yeah. I'm doing sales training and I help my, my clients become better at sales leadership because that's what I call it, sales leadership. But yeah, we don't want to be salesy. because And what happens is people are salesy because they don't take the time to learn sales skills. It's the skills, yeah. Right? To learn how to visually represent yourself, how to be of service, yes. how to create yourself as a product. I'm a product. And this is the benefit or results you're going to get from having this product or experiencing it, or what I like to say, service. Mm-hmm. So here's a service that I offer. Yeah. Do you want it or not? And it's not about you. And if we yeah. take it so personally, like, I love what you said. I'm a product I need to get on a shelf somewhere so people can see if they want it. And I love that metaphor, Ryan, because it separates what you do from you. Well, and that's the thing. I personally am not my business. My skill is my business. So it's like at the end of the day, if someone doesn't want to come with me, I'm not going to go home and cry about it. I might be upset because I lost a $20,000 contract, but, (laughs) you know, but, you know, my, but it's, it's again it's just you have to learn to understand those clients that you want to get into and for me it's proving what they're doing wrong and how i can fix it yes because for me that's a great sales pitch if i know this company is doing an athletic uh, collection and they're having all these problems here i will literally go buy a fabric similar with through my my vendor make the pattern, bring it into my meeting with them, bring a fit model and be like, so this style you've been having troubles with, this is what, this is what I fix and how, how I done it. Mm-hmm. And then all of them are just like, yeah. like nine times out of 10, they're like, like, yeah. like, wow. 
And that's right. my sales pitch. <laughs> exactly. It's like, here, I here's the results I can give you. Yeah. And that's... They're not asking for it. Exactly. Because they don't know. It. Yeah, but they don't know. It. Generally, in my practice anyways, people don't know what... They, they think they know what they're looking for. They yeah, think If they could solve the problem, they wouldn't they be coming would to me or themselves. you. Yeah, right? they, would, they just don't know. Yeah. Or they just don't have the comfort or the time and they rather yeah. throw money at it. And exactly. that's when I come in. Which is great, <laughs> that's right? That's my I mean, business. I'm like, woo! Yeah. <laughs> and... I I want to just emphasize that again. You said, my business is not me. It's no, my skills. It's my skills. And whatever your business is, yeah. it might be a product, but most of the people I work with are service-based professionals where yeah. they're providing a service. And though while... We're sitting here in Ryan's studio. If you haven't, if you're not watching this on YouTube, you should be. Um, we're in this gorgeous studio. I love coming to this space. I'm looking <laughs> at dresses over there. I want to try on after the show. After the, show. Um, the we're sitting in this place where there is a product, mm. and so it can be easy to forget that it is your skill. So even yes. those of you who have product-based businesses, it's not the product. It's, the, it's what you have created with the product. But given that I work mostly with service-based professionals, mm-hmm. that's such great advice for them that it's not you. If somebody doesn't want to hire you, I like to equate it to if a waiter comes out and offers, or a server, to be gender neutral, sorry, um, a server comes out and says, would you like dessert after you've had the meal? And you say, no, thanks. They're not crying in the kitchen afterwards. No. Because they know the dessert is not them. And it's the same for you as a salesperson. And you have to be a salesperson if you're a professional. I think that's why so many people don't make it in coaching. It's a it's a profession where a lot of people don't make it yeah. um, because they're not willing to grow the business of coaching. And I see the similarities in your profession, Very uh, much so. right? People are not willing to. They don't want to take the time to spend learn years the and years of, and learn and yeah. grow and I just Trial want to draw pictures. Draw uh, pictures. I just, just want to draw just, pictures. I just want to color my my fashion plates, please. Yeah. But yeah. I like to your point with the server. You also have to realize that you aren't the business. But if the product isn't selling and you aren't de- de- delivering it in a mm-hmm. way that is marketable, you need to reevaluate that product. Absolutely, because it's like maybe you should have gotten the cake or dessert after Mm -hmm. but maybe what they were offering just wasn't what you needed and that happens all the time in my Mm -hmm. business not in the sense that I'm offering things that aren't you know what I I don't offer it's just I don't want to do kids wear Mm -hmm. (laughs) flat out yeah I don't want to do it I just don't want to do it and I you know and I have clients come and I'm just like I'm sorry I can forward you to this fantastic person here to do it and they're like Mm -hmm. but why don't you want to do it you're you're so good at what you do and I'm just like I just don't want to do it yeah and sometimes (laughs) that's that's good enough right I had a a conversation with somebody the other day I have to figure out why I don't want to do that I'm like no you don't no I just don't do it I just don't want to and that's okay it goes back to what we were saying before about figure out what you want sometimes you just don't want to and you don't need to justify why you don't want to. It's good enough mm-hmm. that you don't want to. Now, I'm not saying don't do some introspection because it might no, actually give you research, some... research, in- develop, yeah. have the discourse and dialogue. If you have, if you're, let's say I'm selling a dress and I mm-hmm. sold a thousand units and I had like 300 comments saying, this is horrible, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to take it personally mm-hmm. towards myself. Might internalize it as shit, I might have done something bad. Mm-hmm. I might have missed a step. Mm-hmm. And we kind of do it post-mortem and figure out why it's doing that. You figure out the solution and that runway of what we need to do to get here to fix it. But again, it's not me personally doing that yeah. internally, being like, oh, I can you know, start crying. and have, mm-hmm. like, Of course, it's hard to hear. Feedback is hard. People are very mean, virtually. Yes. Yes. Don't <laughs> be heavy. Do not be mean virtually no, to anybody. There's nobody. people behind this. But my my point to that is is like I am not my business. Yeah. So like don't take it. But again, take what you can get. Like mm-hmm. take that. Take take those initiatives if you mm-hmm. know you can like get this client or you know you have an inside view on something. Don't just say I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Show them why. And that, you you know, nine times out of ten, that's what's got me the job. Yeah. Right? Is showing right. them why they need me. Getting curious and being innovative. Yes. Yeah. Innovation is key because the world is constantly innovating. Yes. Even our industry. Like. Oh, my gosh. Yes. 
3D is coming out. Well, 3D has come out. I've been working in Clove 3D for six years, and it's just starting now to become this big, massive bub bubble. But I already know it. I'm great at it because I use it daily for my clients. Uh, 3D printing has become huge. Mm. I've been doing that since I've started because I can do things internally here. Mm. Body scanning now is a whole new thing. I have a body scanner, so when clients come in, I can body scan them. So it's like Gosh, that's so amazing. There's things that are coming out now mm. that are in the market. But again, yeah. it's like start with that innovation. Mm -hmm. Think of a skill that you know could become an asset yeah. and build off that. Awesome. So many great insights that we've shared in this conversation. We could keep going. Yeah. But let's we're gonna have, we're gonna wrap this up. And uh, I would love to wrap it up with you sharing mm. your your tagline. Be the different, be the change. Yes. The first time I saw it, I was like, that is not grammatically correct. No, it's not. And I love that about it. So tell the story. It's like be the different be the change is the uh, tagline that is in Ryan's emails. It's on his, his website. It's in his business. Yeah. And I'm like, as an English teacher, I'm like, it's be the difference. It's be the change. Because it should be the difference. But um, I want to be different. I don't yeah. want to be the, I don't want to be the difference as in the sense of two things being different, yeah. but I want to be the different of something. So yeah. for me, it was, I am that different, which means I am that change. Yes. And that's kind of why I written it that way or wrote it, or put, made it that way in my taglines yes. because it's like, I want to be the different and I am the change. Yeah. Which means if you want me, I will get you there mm -hmm. in my head. Um, and then my other tagline that I use when I talk to students is never expect, never presume, always work hard and always stay true to who, who you are. Because at the end of the day, don't expect things to happen just because you think they're going to happen. It takes a lot of effort. Things aren't going to be handed to you. Work hard because, again, you know, some have that opportunity where it gets handed to them and some mm -hmm. don't, right? Be the different and be the, be the change. Yeah. So you are innovative. Yeah. Be the one who is different. Going. Yeah. And wow. again, be the different. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Um, now I want to wrap up our show with some rapid fire questions. Okay. So things I don't know about you. So I'm about to learn some stuff. Yeah. But also because, you know, when I work with my clients mm -hmm. and, and my audience, they, they come to the show because I share things about uh, self care and wellness as yes. well as business strategy and sales strategy. And, yes. and so we're going to ask some quite rapid fire questions yeah. and give us a little bit of insight about how you just take care of yourself. Sure. So, but first the very first question, Are you ready okay. for it? I'm ready. It has nothing to do with self care. Okay. And this is going to determine whether or not I'm going to sit beside you at family dinners from now on. Okay. Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Trek. <laughs> okay. All just, the way. We just high five. Okay. I knew it. Okay. Uh, favorite place to visit? Uh, Amsterdam. Mm. Zodiac sign? Taurus. Scariest thing you ever did? Bungee jumping. <laughs> <laughs> it was scary. <laughs> yeah, I bet. It was so um, scary. Non-negotiable self-care ritual. Non-negotiable self-care ritual, bath. Mm. I need a moment to just chill out. Yeah. And that's that moment because you're in the water. There's nothing else going on. And it's just yeah. me, me time. Yeah. Right? Awesome. Because you have to do it. And then I feel like crap if I don't use the water because we're privileged people who can mm. do that. So, yeah, yeah that's my non-negotiable. Awesome. Okay, I love it. And there's just something so healing about being in water. Yes. The book that you were most inspired by? <sighs> the book I was most inspired by, honestly, it, I forget the title, but it was this book growing up that was about a duck crossing a road. And it had this underlying premise of don't follow the crowd. Mm. Be the different. Be the different. And again, I, it's so long ago, and I for, I, I've always tried to re remember this book title. It was Blue, if anybody out there knows it. <laughs> Blue had a, like a swan on it and had like a bunch of little mini swans. And then there's like this one swan that had a hat on. And it was like the different little swan that wanted to be different. Amazing. Okay, yeah. so anybody who's listening, if you know the book Ryan's talking <laughs> yeah, about. Please let me I, know. <laughs> yep. 
you can we'll we'll share how you can get in touch with them later. You can sh- yeah, tell them on LinkedIn yeah. or Facebook or wherever that what the uh, um, what the title of that book. It is. It might be young, but yeah. that has always been a book that has stayed with me. Of course, there's yeah. self help books. Sure. There's like things that I've always I love reading, but like that was one that really, as a child, kickstarted my be the different phase. Such an important one. And I, I often phrase that question like, if you were tasked to put one book on a spaceship that was going to create a library in Mars, what would it be? And I think that's a great book to add yeah, to the collection. I think so. It teaches okay. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's uh, a favorite question of mine. If you were a city, who would you be? Ooh. What city would I be? What city would I be? Well, I wouldn't be New York. It's <laughs> just too much going on there. Wouldn't it be Los Angeles? Mm. Wouldn't it be Chicago? I love Vancouver. Mm. Um, and I don't just say that because I live here. Um, I've lived in metropolitan cities my entire life, and I've traveled the world for my career. Um, but honestly, I love South Korea. Huh. It's just beautiful. It's There's so much to do there. It's mm. very travelable. I can go to Japan. Yeah. I can, like, travel the whole East Asian Yeah, province. this is about you being the city. So, you're, Well, that's, that's it. it. Okay. Yeah, because if you've ever yeah. been, the, the night, variety? there's so much variety. Ah. There's so much stuff to do. There's it's either that. here about variety yeah, in your yeah, life. Exactly. <laughs> it's either that or Amsterdam. And the reason why Amsterdam is my mm. favorite city on the planet. Um, so chill. It's awesome if anybody wants to mm-hmm. go the vintage shopping is pristine mm. i highly recommend um but those honestly it would be those two it's hard to choose nice yeah because i've been to both for a while yeah cool <laughs> all right something you haven't done yet that's on your dream list something i haven't done yet that's on my dream list could be in your business this could be in your life i want to do new york fashion week it's something that, you know, I I make collections. I have beautiful garments and dresses. I'm a fantastic mm. pattern maker. I love sculpting and all that mm. kind of stuff. But I've never actually um, gone forward with showing at New York Fashion Week. And I think that would be my game changer in my career, is being able to show what I can do and how good I can do it and nice. people latching onto that. In a different segment or division of my company is mm. creating collections and selling them. Nice. Okay. I will schlep your bags for you when you do that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. Um, you know that I called my coaching practice when I first started, it was mm. called the Stellar Life Project. Mm-hmm. And I recently changed the podcast title to Being Stellar Stellar. because I wanted to shift from the doing to the being. Yeah. And Stellar Life Project is still a signature program for me. Yeah. But if you were to title your life by the name of a project, what would the project be? Like a project title. Yeah, like a project title. Like the Stellar Life Project. It's like... The One That Got Away. The One That Got Away. The One That Got Away Project? Yeah. Okay, nice. Because it's like, I'm not like anybody else, and I'm the one that got away from being in the norm. Like, Mm. I don't want to sit in an office nine to five. Like Project Getaway instead of Project Runway. Project Getaway, yeah. Project (laughs) Getaway. It's just like, I, I just don't want to be like anybody else. Yeah. And I so love the way you play with words yes. because that's... Uh, Again, that's probably my ADHD, but <laughs> love or it. It's, or it's magic. Or it's magic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So final question. Okay. Success leaves clues. Yeah. You've given us so many clues throughout this conversation today, but what's one final clue or tip that you want to share with others so they can have a stellar life? I would say keep trying and being innovative and i say that in the sense of if you want to sketch like i don't know i don't i I don't know who's who's listening who wants to be a a designer and let's say that's your dream goal or maybe you want to start a company and that's your dream goal who wants Mm -hmm. to sell i don't know like really really cute flowers like just because someone said i you can't do it Mm. innovate come up with something with something new just because there's one dress out there that you want to make that you can't make re-envision it how would you do it same with the business because that's how i've 
built my company is through innovation and realization because mm. people sometimes don't realize mm. yeah there's the key right <laughs> there's that link there's from thinking about it innovation is a lot of thinking mm. and then there's the realization of to the perspective towards of action. how you uh, towards the action yeah. of how to do it yes and then trusting the process of making the how yeah take those ideas and lean towards action yes, so that you can realize yes. uh, your dream and other people will be benefited by what you create in the world. Yes, absolutely. Wonderful. Ryan, thank you so much for sitting yeah. down with me today. It was super fun. That's and I'm going to poke around the studio <laughs> for a little bit here after we, we sign off. But how can people get in touch with you? So, yeah. And just so you know, if when you're listening, we won't name names, but... If you live in Vancouver and you shop at some of the iconic brands of Vancouver, guarantee um, that you've been touched by Ryan's work. Or yes. you actually may be wearing some of Ryan's work. Probably. Um, <laughs> especially if you're a woman of a certain demographic yeah. that's uh, a really popular uh, store. Yeah, very but, popular. <laughs> um, so, but if they want to know more about working with you, maybe yep. they want to have a dress designed, maybe they want to uh, just learn more about you, maybe they want to hire you uh, yeah. for their company because they have a vision of clothing line, or yeah. they want to know um, how to get into the fashion industry and yeah, coaching, maybe learn from yeah. you and your, your your teaching and take courses that you, you teach. Um, how can they find you? So um, really simple. It's just ryanamoreinc.com. So R-Y-A-N-A-M-O-R-E. Inc.com, and there's a little contact sheet at the end that you can fill out, um, and it's quite in depth. So you can put in as much information as you desire, um, and then on that same sheet has our office phone number, um, and that's pretty much how to get in touch with us. Or if you want, it's just studio at ryanamoredesign.com. Wonderful. Yeah. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. It was so great. I loved it. Yeah, me too. Bye, everyone. See you soon. Bye.